Garage Cast. I'm Ed. I'm Tom. I'm Ruben. And we are your hosts through this litany of comedy. What's it? Whoa, how will you navigate all of these ha-has? Uh, well, we'll be your guide, your oracle, your uh, uh, little like, cute animal Sherpa yeah. that leads you through this journey. Oh, wouldn't it be fun to be a Sherpa through these? We've got a bunch of content from the fine people here at Dad's Garage. And some other guests that joined them. Yes. yes. Just to make you soak yourself yeah you're from tip to toe <laughs> oh yeah. wow you're gonna take a shower after because you're gonna feel so full of comedy it'll feel dirty mm-hmm. yeah uh so speaking of Feeling first dirty. up yes yeah. tom we have a story time with chris gray yep and the today's story. local our dad's garage most local preeminent dad. raconteur and also dad yeah he's yeah. got a baby he's got a baby mm-hmm. he did the nasty and made a babber <laughs> he he got he he put one in there and it's a person now. Yep. Ew, nasty, Ugh, ah, gross, gross. Yeah, uh, none of us would ever a, do that. A story about uh, well, let's let's set this up a little bit. This is a story from our friend uh, Andre Castanel, mm-hmm. who is the most New Orleans man you'll ever meet. Very chill. Yep. Very Ooh, cool. Loves a gumbo. Uh-huh. Oh man, we we call him Gumbo James. Yes, no, we don't here. do that. We've never once called him that. Once. That is I'm going to start. <laughs> terribly superficial. Uh, but we do call him the Beignet Bastard. Yes, no, and he is known <laughs> we have never He is known. known for his debaucherous ways. <laughs> uh what? Especially when it comes to partying. <laughs> okay. okay. I feel like But this is a story about him having a wild party night that he drastically like really emphatically did not want to be a part of. Yes, and also he's not debaucherous, nor a beignet, nor a spicy gumbo boy. No, he works with local interests frequently in like charity work. Yeah, he's a very sweet guy. I was just trying to build a mythology. Okay, cool. Well, pick whichever side of Andre you find most appealing and enjoy Chris Gray's Story Story Time with Chris Gray. Next storyteller is Andre Castanel. Andre and our general company here at Dad's Garage. Um, and, and Andre, I mean, Andre, your background is so varied and diverse and interesting. It's kind of hard to, for like to pick out one story. Yeah, <laughs> that I want to hear. There are a couple I thought about. Yeah, but I figured this is the. Uh you know, you just put something really terrible out there for the world to hear. Okay, all right. Tell, <laughs> tell us about this. The first time you used Uber. Yeah, um, Uber ride sharing tool. We all know. Um, so this takes place the day before my birthday. My birthday was on a Sunday, so uh, this is a Saturday. Uh, I'm from New Orleans, as we all know, and uh, I hate uh, everything about Atlanta. Uh, especially the sports teams. <laughs> and so the Falcons were playing an NFC Championship game against uh, the Colin Kaepernick-led 49ers. And I uh, wanted nothing more for my birthday than for the Falcons to lose. So I called up some friends and I said, uh, I'm going to watch this game at 3 o'clock at Astoria. I'm going to drink heavily and pray for a loss. And that's going to be my birthday celebration. And we'll just take it from there and like see what happens. So we go... I get drunk. The Falcons lose. Everything turns out the way it's supposed to turn out. <laughs> and um, by about 10 o'clock, I'm wasted. I don't think I'm going to make it to midnight for my actual birthday. So um, I have some friends that have joined me, uh, one of those being Goose, another one being Joe. Um, and <laughs> Goose comes up. He's like, let's do Draylight Savings Time, and we'll do a shot at 11 o'clock. 
Daylight savings. Daylight savings time. Yeah, we'll just we'll celebrate your birthday at eleven because like no one thought, no one imagined we we're going to last much longer. So we take a shot. We're having a good time, and then another buddy comes up there. Uh, he just bet a bunch of money on the Ravens to win. So he said, "Oh man, I just want a ton of money on the Ravens. Let's go to the strip club." And I said, "You know what, <laughs> guys, I'm out." My friend Goose says, nah, you got to go. I said, nah, I'm already too drunk. I can't make it any further than this. And he says, nah, it's too late. I ordered a black car. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, this is an app called Uber. And you just order a black car or like a, a big black SUV and they come and pick you up and take you anywhere. He says, he's like, it's better than a cab. And I said, uh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna pay for that and so it comes and I'm like alright whatever it's here let's go I said I'm not paying for a thing but let's go so we go we're like there's like a group in front of us and they just say they just said to all these dudes you can't get in here you're too drunk so I'm like well this is great they're obviously gonna tell us that and, but it doesn't happen we go in there and I was like, oh, okay. So I had a strip club. This is my, the worst place to be. But here I am. So he initially tries to give me, like, um, one of those shot girls to come by and give me a shot. And I was like, um, no thanks. You can keep the money. He paid you the money. But I don't need that. Uh, so you can go ahead about your business. You're very lovely. And I appreciate you. But I'm done. <laughs> and uh, she says... That's very sweet of you, and like we have a little conversation. So she buys me a beer, gives me a kiss on the cheek, and goes about her business. And I was like, "Oh, that's wonderful of you." And so we're just there, people splash cash. All of a sudden, the strip club is closed, and I'm drunker. And I was like, "I man, you shut down a strip club." Yeah, and I was like, "I don't know how this happened." So my friend Goose uh, takes his hair, and his hair was long at the time, and he like puts it all up so it looks like Beekman and then he's just screaming I love women and that's all he keeps saying and I was like yeah well, I'm glad we have fun let's get back um, and so he's like okay I'll get another Uber to come and pick us up and I was like great and so the guy comes and it's like you know kind of nice because you get this like town car that pulls up uh, to take you where you're going I was like ah, I feel like a celebrity uh, and there was this big tall dude who was like 6'7 his name was David. Um, and he said he he used to play basketball professionally for the Boston Celtics. He was drafted, played for a bit, but got kicked out of the league because of his drug problems. Uh, <laughs> it was the 80s, so, like, everyone was on cocaine back then. Uh, and so he's like, man, why are y'all wasting your time at a strip club? He said, if you like women, you should just go ahead and, like, I know some women. And then you could do more than just look at them dance. I said, oof. David, that sounds like something that I'm not into. And then uh, Goose is in the front seat of the the, lim- uh, the black car. Is like, yeah. Well, and so he's like entertaining this idea. And I said, ah, oh, this isn't cool. And so it was like Goose is in the front seat. I'm in the back seat with my friend Joe. And Joe was just like, uh, he's the type of person that once, he, especially when he's drunk, he'll just start uh, doing something constantly and with no idea of stopping. And so he's just kind of like in his own world. And I'm sitting there like the level-headed sane one for some reason. I'm just like, let's go back and let's just like call it a night. We've done enough. And so David calls up one of these women. And he's like, what are you doing? We're coming to you. And I was like, no, David, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. It's my birthday. I just want to go home. And And David turns around and like, Dre, 
it's your birthday. You got to at least touch a butt. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Damn it, I don't want to touch a butt. And so at, at this point, Goose is talking to the to the prostitute on the phone. I'm in the bag saying, I just want to go home. And Joe is over there. He turns to me and says, just touch a butt. Got to touch a butt for the entire ride. So the ride is where we leave the pink pony and we wind up in the West End. We pull up into this house in the West End stops cars parked at this point joe stops saying you gotta touch a butt and he says he looks at me he says we're gonna die tonight and i said (laughs) if you would have come up with this a long time ago instead of entertaining this um and so i'm just like all right well we're here i can't do anything about that but i can do something about what's happening beyond this so I, i decide to stay in the car uh, and I was like, okay, this is just me. And so we're, everyone gets out of the car, and Dave was like, Dre, you got to get out of the car. I said, nah, I'll just stay here. Y'all are good. Y'all go ahead in there. And he's like, Dre, you got to get out of the car. I got to lock it. I said, no, it's okay. You can lock me in the car. You go ahead. And he said, come on, Dre. And I was like, all right, all right, let me get out of this car. So I get out of the car, and I'm like, well, I'm not going into this house because I don't know what's happening in there. There could be guns behind the door. Anything's possible. Well, I don't know. I don't know what Uber does or how they track anything. (laughs) Um, And so I'm like on this, at this point, it's like nearly five in the morning. And so we're in the West End just like hanging out. And I'm on the streets. And I was like, man, I'm in the West End. It's like super late. I don't need to be on these streets anymore. Let me go inside the house because I like I can't get in the car and like I don't want to get murdered on the streets. Let me go in and like try my luck. And so I walk in the house and keep the door open. And in the living room, there's just a bed in the corner um, and a couch on the side. And I walk in and there's this prostitute jumping on the bed. And I was just like, what is going on right now? And uh, she says, close the door. I don't live in a barn. And I'm just thinking, you kind of do if your bed's in the living room. (laughs) So I close the door and hold on to the door, like the doorknob, like if I got to run, I'm ready to run. And she's like, so we're going to party or what? And I was like, no, we're probably not. I just want to go home. I don't want to be here. That's all I keep repeating. And then Dave was like, Dre, come on, let's have some fun. I was like, no, David, I don't want to have fun. Fun's at home. <laughs> fun is at where my car is at 97 Story. My house is blocks away. That's where fun is. And uh, David starts untucking his shirt. And I was like, oh, God, what, what is happening right now? And he walks up to her. He's like, oh, she's, she's a good girl. I've known her since I was 14. Since she was 14, I said, what? Hold on. Because she is probably, I don't know, 20. So David has known her for a long time. And David starts, he pulls her top down and starts kissing her. And then he's like, and then she's like, so what, what the fuck y'all want to do? Y'all want to do something? Y'all want to bring no drugs or nothing? I was like, no, what drugs? Who's bringing drugs? What's happening here? And then someone brings this little bag of coke and like puts it on the, throws it up the bed. And they're like, she's like, that's all y'all got? And I was like, what, what is, what is happening? What is, what has happened to everything that I've known and loved in my life? It's all falling apart. I'm going to die in the West End. She had like a six pack of Budweiser's by the fireplace in her house. And she's like, y'all want to, y'all want a beer? Y'all want to party? I was like, no, I don't want to party. Joe and Goose pick up a beer it's got to be hot I'm assuming and they start drinking it and then finally David's like you know I got this white girl call if y'all want a white girl too I was like no David don't call 
anybody else. I'm done with people. Can we just go? Uh, and eventually, David says, man, you know, Dre don't want to party. I'm just going to take y'all home. I said, David, thank you so much. That's all I want. So David takes us back to Astoria. Joe lives like two houses away. So he walks home. I dropped Goose off at his house. Should I have been driving? No. But I was like, eh, it's blocks away. And what's the worst that can happen after all of this? <laughs> and then I drive myself home, which is a couple blocks away. I go home and I take just a steaming hot shower because I just felt so unclean. And then I go to sleep and I wake up two hours later probably. It's like 9.30 when I wake up. It's about 7.30 when I go to sleep. And I get a text from Joe's uh, wife at the time. And she's like... So I heard you guys had fun last night, and I was trying to play it cool. Like, oh, she she just knows we came home late, but she doesn't have to know what happened. But apparently she knew the whole story. And uh, I didn't take an Uber for probably two years after. <laughs> <laughs> Out of sheer terror. Andre, you're crazy. You madman. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, take, I, I wouldn't have stuck around. I take it back. You are a beignet baby. You are, you are a big beignet baby. <laughs> We're going to make it stick. The big beignet baby, Andre Castanel. Uh, <laughs> well, guys, speaking of dusty adventures. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. What a segue. Because the powdered, the powdered uh, sugar dust yeah. le- segues perfectly. It's a dusty it. adventure. Yes. An old-timey radio thing. <laughs> Set in the old west. Oh, it's so old, this west. Yeah, yeah we got some help from the Atlanta Radio theater company this west this doesn't one. even get carted at the liquor store yeah anymore. this west has white hair yeah this west is getting double arp mail this west has shrunk a couple inches in its later years it's so old uh this west is ignored by most of his family <laughs> it's pretty sad <laughs> this west is considered wise even if he possesses no special knowledge <laughs> Well, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> Get ready for some dusty, dusty adventures. Welcome back to the amazing dusty adventures of Fuzzy McGillicuddy, brought to you by Pears. Pears, they now come in cans. When we last left our hero, Fuzzy McGillicuddy, he was making his way into a mysterious town, the town of Tilsit. Oh, boy, it's hot out here. Come on, boy, you can make it just a few more miles. The town's just around the bend. Clip-clop, clip-clop, no. When suddenly, Fuzzy sees a group of angry rustlers cresting the nearest crest. Hey, that's what I was Cresting, yeah. Oh, buttercup. Look up on that, that ridge. They, they look, they look kind of peeved. Oh no, we should get out of here. Oh, Look at that stranger over there, let's get him. Yeah, he's different. Oh, did you hear that, buttercup? We, the, the, the voices are carrying through the canyon. I think they mean to do us harm. 
come on, man. You're always getting me into these situations. Let's just bounce. No, 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 Buttercup. Here, we, we're, we're out here to make friends, to touch as many lives as possible. We just can't run away from every angry mob that we see. We're here to make changes in people's lives. You're on a mission from God. Meanwhile, in Tilsit's only bar slash doctor's office, all was not well. Oh, bother. I have been trying to get my leg fixed up and a drink of sarsaparilla for 15 hours now. Doc, when you think you're going to have that poured for me? Uh, uh, soon. V- very soon. Give me just about 10 more minutes. Oh, Doctor, maybe when you decided to become the barkeep as well as this town doctor... You did yourself a disservice. You're not very good at either of them, and I think I'm about to burn this place to the well, ground. Ease up, ease up now, Dad. This is the, this is the they, doctor's office and the saloon. You can't they burn both. do not call me Miss June for nothing. It's June, and it's getting hot in here. I'm lining a mat. Oh, June, now put, now put that. You're eating a lot of alcohol. That's going to get us in some serious trouble. Look at me. Look at me in the eyes. I'm looking, but Remember I'm not we seeing much, nights boy. Ago? Meanwhile, Fuzzy, back on the outskirts of town, has been buried up to his neck in sand along with his faithful horse. Oh, oh, Buttercup, I should have listened to you. Come on, man, you always should listen to me. Yeah, we got you surrounded, all right? Oh, oh. Give us that old nag. Well, 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 you buried Buttercup up to his neck, too. Yeah, what do you want me for anyways? I'm no good for you. We want to turn you into glue, you old nag. Yeah, talking horses make the best glue. Oh, come on, man. Meanwhile, back back in Tilsit's mine, trouble was brewing. Oh, gee, Mr. Orson, I, I, I feel like the canary's looking awful sick. I'm not sure we should be breathing these fumes no more. Did I tell you you could stop digging? Because I don't think I did. Sorry, Mr. Orson, I'll keep digging. Oh, that canary's been through enough. It can make it through one more day. Why don't you just keep your trap shut about what we got going on down here in this mine? Suddenly there was a rumbling, a mine cave-in. Oh, no! Oh, no! Mr. Orson, I don't mean to say I told you so, but I done told you so! Oh, William, it looks like we're trapped here. I'ma eat that canary. The ground split, the ground rumbled, and suddenly Fuzzy and Buttercup find themselves free of the dirt! Oh, what are we doing down here? Oh, it's, it's Providence, Buttercup. We've been saved by the Earth itself. You know, sometimes when you just put out there in the universe what you want to happen... It, it'll happen. You're so spiritual. Fuzzy, Buttercup, it's me, God. I sent you here on a mission and you're getting distracted. Oh, man. Oh. The, the big guy himself is getting pissed. I know, he's, he's checking in on us. All right, guy, we're getting on to touch lives and change people's hearts out here in this uh, law-forsaken land. Well, you better make your way into town. There's disaster afoot. A doctor needs you. And there's a saloon hand who's gotten way off path. Will Fuzzy and Buttercup make their way out of the mine in time? Will Fuzzy remember the three questions he always wanted to ask God? Find out next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
Oh, shiver me cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a good old pirate adventure. Ah, uh, top of the cowboy to you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take some tumbleweed. Oh, they're gold in them hills. <laughs> oh, I love those adventures. You know, speaking of adventures. <laughs> yes, Tom. Let's get another <laughs> rad segue. <laughs> Have you ever heard of uh, Matt Horgan? The least adventurous man on the planet. <laughs> yeah. But... What he what he lacks in adventure, he makes up for in candor, and you get a whole bunch of that in this next segment that is an interview with him. The Star Wars planet of candor. Yes. <laughs> Be prepared to hear a lot about brisket. Yeah, guys, this is Epic Briefs uh, doing an interview with our own Matt Horgan, our barbecue aficionado, our as- associate artistic director, and just cherubic man about town. Yeah, a yeah. cherubic man who loves Lord of the Rings and beef. He has a child's face <laughs> and butt. And a bear's stomach. So enjoy this big baby talking about his life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Uh, Matt Horgan interview. How's it going, Matt? Good, good. I'm good. So, Matt, where where are you from originally? Uh, Originally, I was born in Columbus, Ohio, but I wasn't there very long. Moved down to South Carolina, I think maybe even before I was two. And so I grew up in South Carolina. Um, My dad still lives in Ohio, so I would go back to Ohio like every summer, see him. So I grew up in South Carolina, went to high school there, went to school in Georgia for a couple years, finished up at South Carolina, and then moved Back to Atlanta, and I've been here 20 years now. How was it growing up in South Carolina as opposed to like when you moved to Atlanta? Uh, well, South Carolina is much smaller. Okay. Um, you know, I, I grew up in Columbia, the capital city, but I mean, even though it's a capital city, I mean, it's not it's big. Great. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they, I think they try and charmingly call themselves like the biggest, the littlest big city or the biggest <laughs> little city, uh, you know, one of those things. Um, <laughs> And so there isn't much there except like the the university and then there's like a VA hospital and then it's just other than that, it's a pretty quiet town. So when I came to college, I went to a school that's about an hour north of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so I was close to Atlanta. I would come down to it occasionally for concerts or whatever. And so once I finally was getting out of school, you know, Atlanta's the biggest city in the Southeast. So figured I'd come over here. Uh, Also... Uh, right about that time, coming out of college is when Space Ghost Coast to Coast was like really like yeah. Adult Swim wasn't a thing yet, but Space Ghost Coast to Coast was like a very popular show. Yeah, I used to love that show. Yeah, and so I, mean, I was like, I'll try and get on that show. So like I moved to Atlanta to try and get involved with Turner in some way. It, that didn't happen specifically. I didn't. I never. I didn't work on that TV show. Uh, like I'll something you go with like some inspiring thing to happen, and yeah. it happened, and I worked on and it. I wrote I wrote a script every day and sent it in, and finally they said, uh, "Go away, kid, <laughs> stop." So right. yeah, here's your restraining order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leave us alone. So like as a kid, were you an animated kid? Like did you, did you like reenacting your favorite like movies or cartoons or anything like that? Uh, well, I, I loved cartoons certainly, and I was an only child, and okay. I grew up like in the country of South Carolina, so there was like way out. There was only one other kid my age okay so like if either one of us got grounded you had to just entertain yourself for like a week or two weeks based on the severity of what you did right so yeah i was pretty good at entertaining myself um early on i get i guess early on i was enough of a jackass for my mother to say like okay he's got a 
I got to do something with this. Yeah. So like going into coming out of fifth grade and going into middle school, it was also like trying to get me into better schools. Right. Uh, but coming out of middle uh, elementary school, going into middle school, my mom had me like audition for like a theater program. Okay. And I knew nothing of theater. So my audition piece was like Gollum from Hobbit. <laughs> from the Hobbit. Awesome. So um, I, I can't. Yeah. So I just went in there and acted weird. And they were like, okay. <laughs> so, so, I st- so I really got involved with theater. Uh, and like starting, I, I'd done like little elementary school stuff, but yeah. I really started getting involved in theater in middle school. Okay. So, so I guess you'd say, it was your mom's idea for you to kind of get into the entertainment? Yeah, industry? yeah, yeah. So okay. she put me, you know, she's like, we got to do something with yes. this kid. This is going to be a disaster. Let's uh, see, uh, audition and then practices every night for three, four hours. That'll wear them out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she kind of, she got me, it wasn't my idea. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, really? So okay. she had me audition for this performing arts program thing and I got in and that, so then I was doing theater all through middle school and high wow. school and then I was a theater major in college. So oh, certainly she kind of set me on that path. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. How did you find your way into improv? Oh, um, I remember in high school being in the theater program mm-hmm. there and, um, one day, our theater teacher brought a couple of local improvisers in. Okay. And they taught like a, us a couple things. And I remember having a good time with it and doing a, a couple of scenes and being able to get some laughs and really, really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, kind of forgetting about it. Right. And then, um, you know, still doing theater all through high school and in college. And then um, I went to college for two years in Georgia and then I transferred home to the University of South Carolina. And when I did that, there was an improv group that was performing kind of weekly yeah. at a local theater in um, Columbia. So I went to see them. And then that was like the light bulb going off like, oh, shit, I can, I don't have to learn lines or rehearse. <laughs> right? This is much better. Yeah. I can make up whatever I want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. It's like take all the bad parts out and just leave yeah, the the, the butt jokes. It was like, <laughs> great. Yeah, because anytime I was in a show, there's like, there's not enough butt jokes for my character <laughs> here in Anne of Green Gables. Uh, nice. So, yeah, so I got to, so that in college, South Carolina, there was the local group and I was like, okay, yeah, I want to do that. So started kind of workshopping with them nice. and then performing with them. And so like the last kind of two years of college, I was involved with the local group in South yeah. Carolina through the rest of, you know, my time at University of South Carolina. Sweet. Yeah. That's pretty that's really awesome actually how you got into that. Um do you have any direct influences that that uh helped you craft your style of improvising and your personality? Oh jeez. Um you know, I direct influences. I I can I know that I can say that like my first exposure to I always liked funny stuff. Mm-hmm. But my the first time I realized that you could kind of be funny for a living yeah. was uh hearing Weird Al Yankovic, like on the school bus, like because I remember hearing kids talk about that they had heard this funny song yeah. where he was singing about uh, instead of beat it, he was singing eat it, yeah. but I could never hear it on the radio, right. and you know it was just this rumored funny song, right. and so finally a kid like taped it off the radio and brought it onto the school bus, oh, and we all listened, well, that's hilarious, and so Weird Al Yankovic was kind of my first comedy, like okay. you can do this for your life, yeah. whoa. <laughs> Uh, so I loved Weird Al Yankovic okay. early on. Um, uh, as far as like the things that I find that are actual influences that I'll still do stuff on stage today, mm-hmm. the old Looney Tunes cartoons. Right. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like those were so influential for me, like I as a sense those. of humor. Like still now to this day, like if we're on stage and there's like a monster in a scene, my first impulse is like, well, well let's dress up as a sexy female monster right, yeah. <laughs> and trigger. I mean, that's like those gags are timeless. Yeah. So the old Bugs Bunny. Yeah, 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 I love it. like those those things work so. every time. So 
I, I love those. If, if I had so to good. say like a true influence, it's those <laughs> things. Yeah, like those That's Looney amazing. Tunes cartoons. Those are really, I love those. I would never get tired. The of ridiculous them. shit that happens in those is like, oh, gold, always gold. You're right. Um, what was it like the first time you were on stage? <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, I was probably I was in some small school shows when I was in elementary school. Like I can remember we did Peter Pan and I was Captain Hook. That's mm-hmm. about all I remember. People that remember, like I have some old high, uh, elementary school friends that remember it better than me that were like, you couldn't remember your lines. And the teacher was like whispering your lines at you from the wings. And then you would <laughs> like, well, I don't remember it being that bad. Oh, no. I do remember having one, like one of those uh, plastic hooks that you hold in your hand and I would constantly drop it and then have oh. to pick it back. Like, I, man, I wish I could see that show because it was probably, probably the funniest I've ever been and not on purpose. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then I do remember once I got into that performing arts program, mm-hmm. sixth grade, I got cast as Charlie Brown in, oh, in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Cool. And the thing that, like, the thing I remember most about the performance, like, yeah, there was some singing, whatever, but mostly it was just constant mugging to the audience. <laughs> like, someone would say something, I'd just do this take to the audience. And so I was, like, early on learning how to be a real oh, ham. <laughs> That's the best part there, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. And I'd look out of the audience and five people would chuckle. Amazing. <laughs> Nailed it. What's the, what's the best part of improv for you? Oh, um, uh, the best part, as um, I, I've been doing this a long time now. Yeah. Um, and yes. certainly it's true that after a while, some things start to kind of get ordinary. And okay. or like, you you know, you've done certain things a million times and they, you start to, it's not, it's not everything as exciting as it used to be. Uh, now that I'm like 20 plus years in, for me, the most exciting parts of improv is when it goes horribly wrong, <laughs> like both, both as a, as an audience, like as a, you know, a spectator and as also someone on stage, yeah. like usually the stuff that makes me laugh hardest now and the stuff that like, I just can't stop giggling about later is when it goes so wrong <laughs> and we can't save ourselves. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, wow. especially because, you know, uh, there's a lot of us now here at Dad's Garage that have mm-hmm. been improvising for a long time. Right, right. And so when you have people that, you know, have been improvising for 15 to 20 years mm-hmm. and all of that together, it's, it's you know, you have a better chance of things right. being successful. Yeah. So then when it goes wrong, that's even more <laughs> hilarious to me. It's like, that shouldn't have happened. But wow, we boned that one so hard. And just the dumb choices that get made. I It's... So. All your experience out the window. Right, yeah. yes. Like, I, you know, and it's also like, I, I love, you know, being on the side and watching close friends just <laughs> shitting the bed. Like, because I know, you know, I know these guys and I know what they're yeah. thinking and I can hear their thoughts like, oh, Christ, what are we doing? So I'm giggling because I can see them just That's dying funny. and it's fun. And then it's you fun. get to razz them later. And be yeah. Like, so what were you thinking when you said this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. Good choices, guys. <laughs> Do you have like a pre-show process that you do to get ready for? Um, I don't have a process per se, but I do really enjoy warming up okay. with whoever you're going to be on stage with. Got it. Um, you know, we, we try and we try and really uh, we try to be better about that because certainly my own experiences over time has been if you don't really take a moment to connect with the people that you're going to perform with, it, it can you know it. Not that you're guaranteed to fail, but like connecting with everybody right. is going to puts you in a much much better space so yeah. i love um warming up doing some silly backstage exercises <laughs> cool. to connect start laughing get yeah. your energy up and also just start 
start also kind of getting the silly ideas flowing. Because a lot of times, you know, sometimes something silly that comes out backstage can reappear on stage. Right. You know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, and yeah. you can have fun with that. So I, I like, I, I don't have a routine other than just trying to connect. Cool. Okay. With, uh, with the players. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what's the toughest part of improv for you? Hmm. If you have one. Well, I, I think... Um, Certainly um, not getting complacent and trying to keep it fresh. Like I said, I've been doing it a long time. And at this point, it is it can be pretty easy to just kind of not really think too hard about it and mm-hmm. kind of sleepwalk through a show and be fine. Right, yeah. And, but also, like, you're not bringing anything new to it. You're right. not, like, putting a lot of, of um, mental energy into it. You're not really trying to uh, bring fresh ideas or anything. You're just kind of going through the motions sometimes. And, and you know, that, that can happen, you know, when you've, you're playing your 2000th theater sports show. <laughs> you, you might not be as jazzed right. as you yeah. might be doing a different type of show, right. you know. Right. Um, so certainly, uh, after you've been doing it a long time, like, you know, I don't, ha- I'm certainly don't have the energy or the fire I might've had okay. at 25. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but I still really love it and I still love being on stage and playing with my friends. Um, so sometimes it's just reminding yourself you're getting to do something that's a lot of fun right, and of really course. try and look at it with fresh eyes and not be like, Oh God, I'm tired. I just want to go home versus like, I get to play an improv show with friends. Yeah. Yeah, It's an improv show I've done a million times, but that's, I still don't know what's going to happen. So just still, (laughs) you know, again, something still hilariously wrong can happen and we'll take some joy in that. (laughs) Uh, How is it working with your, we're not your mother's players in South Carolina. Oh my God. You, you Googled that because that (laughs) is, we like to do some research. That is, I, I, but that still was a hard nugget to find. Sure. Cause that, I mean, that was before, Really, I mean, yeah. the kind of the beginning of the internet, so there ain't much <laughs> the left. Of the yeah, no, seriously, like well, that side side story here. Yeah, uh, so I was that was when I was at South Carolina, and okay. that was like ninety six through like uh, no ninety ninety four through like December of ninety six. Mm-hmm. And yeah, email was a thing that only, you know, people were <laughs> kind of figuring out <laughs> yeah. and the World Wide web, as it was still called then was still like, uh, you, nobody went on it. Like you knew a couple people were like, well, I go to a BBS and right. I, blah, blah. so there wasn't, yeah. the internet was still not a thing. So nobody had web pages, but, uh, the, all the technology was still really new. And mm-hmm. so people didn't know kind of, kind of what they were doing to make a, a very long story shorter. Uh, I was part of the radio station. Oh, cool! <laughs> and but we were a little out of control, so we got shut down. <laughs> and well, that's a story. We yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> and some of us, some of us, launched some reprisals against the uh, it, it, like elect, you know, internet and email reprisals against some of the uh, administrators that were involved. Okay. And one of the things I, I discovered by accident, I was down in the the library, down in the computer lab in the library, and I was mm-hmm. printing out some just some stuff. And I, when, you know, they say like select the printer and print the stuff and. You Pay ten cents per copy. Yeah. Well, I was going to select the printer, and I looked, and I realized that they had it just the way it was networked. You could print to any printer in the school. <laughs> Nothing yeah. had been abused yet, so right. yet. <laughs> so I used that to my advantage to like find the printer of a particular administrator <laughs> and uh, craft a horrifically vile <laughs> document. And then, like at midnight, I sent it to his printer like five hundred times. Holy and then, you know, it was pandemonium the next morning when he came in and turned on his computer and these terrible things started printing out. Oh Turn it off! And he couldn't, you know. <laughs> so, so anyway, back to the We're Not Your Mother players at South Carolina in the days before the internet. Um, that was, uh, it was a fun group. Um, you know, it was... Uh, people call it bar prov where, you know, you're just getting, and we didn't perform in bars. We 
we had a, like a little black box that we'd perform in, and we'd also perform at a place called Trustus Theater, uh, like once a month. But we didn't have a lot of awareness as far as like you know how to tell a story or anything like that. It was really just like okay, get on stage, play these games, play the gimmick, and just try and say as many funny things as you could. Yeah. Um, because we were all pretty young, most of us were college students. Um, and so you know I had a good time, but it really was only kind of scratching the surface. Because when I moved to Atlanta, uh, and you know I was like, well, I still want to do improv. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd had a friend back in South Carolina who told me like, hey, there's a new place in Atlanta. If, when you move into Atlanta, um, there's a brand new theater called Dad's Garage. I think they just opened, but go check them out. I saw a show and it was really solid. So I went around and saw the different improv shows and I saw Dad's and they blew my mind because they told a story when they were doing these games. Like I'd done a ton of these games, but it was just, you know. Like random. Yeah, like, uh, it's, it's something funny, you know. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't any kind of, you know, there wasn't anything more than that. Just right. panics, panicked trying to get laughs, <laughs> right. you know, whatever. <laughs> shotgun approach to say as many funny things as you could but uh i saw dad's garage telling stories and that blew me away i was like oh wow i want to do that right yeah so the the mothers the we're not your mothers they were a fun group we were really close-knit we performed very regularly for about two years um but yeah we i we didn't not uh, any fault of our own we didn't really have any kind of concept of like a higher aim other right. than just you know doing a game right. and trying to get laughs with it like so finding people that were doing more than that. Like, well, you know, we're going to try and get laughs. We're also going to try and tell you a memorable story. Yeah. That was, right. you know, a whole new door opened for me at that point. So uh, is there anything that you try to include in, like, all the projects you work on that's, like, one of your signature, like... <sighs> um, Not jokes. I guess only you can bring to the Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I've said butt jokes many times, and I <laughs> do make a lot of butt jokes because okay. I'm a, a middle schooler. <laughs> Um, mostly for me, like for any shows I'm working on, whether they're, um, whether they're maybe a scripted show or an improv show, I really just want the audience to have a good time. I'm always trying to make uh, the show as silly and fun and goofy as I can. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go a little blue. I'll throw some, you know, blue, you know, uh, body humor in there if I can, cause that <laughs> makes me laugh. Generally, I, I just try, if something makes me laugh, I want to try and share that. Okay. So that's generally my, um my approach for whatever I'm doing. Like I'm writing right now, I'm writing a show that'll be at dad. That'll be performed at dad's in May. It's, um, it's kind of a take on the, the Benjamin Franklin one man show. Uh, there'll be three casts. It's not uh, three people in the cast. It's not a one man show. <laughs> so, but it's just about like how Ben Franklin was the horniest founding father. <laughs> So that like he's just sleeping with everybody, yeah. So it's All blue, <laughs> but like I just want to, I just want to make it as silly and right. go goofy yeah. as I yeah. can. So you know, um, uh, other folks, uh, like I, I co-wrote a show with Travis Sharp called "Song of the Living Dead," and uh, that was a musical. And Travis is really great. Travis just wrote "Wicked." Travis is great at taking a show, and uh, the show is silly and fun. And it's a comedy, but it has this underlying message of whatever it might be. Like, cool. hey, you know, yeah. I'm I'm not that sophisticated. Like I can't. I I just that does. I just like okay. I've got some good jokes yeah. about this, and I'll try and frame it around the show. Yeah. So I I do like um not to say that isn't valid. I just like to have. I like a show to be a fun right. yeah, night of, of escapist comedy mm -hmm. for people. So that's right. usually try. I just try and make people laugh. Awesome. So. Um, do you have any advice for up and coming improvisers and people who like to become a part of the improv community? <laughs> yeah. Um. I I've. 
I usually tell folks this, it's very easy, like, especially when you're coming up in a place and taking classes there, that it's very easy to kind of really get focused on the, right. the place that you're at. Like it happens with dads or it can happen anywhere. Like mm-hmm. I'm, you're taking classes at dads, you're seeing shows at dads, right. you really want to get stage time at dads. Right. That's not always possible. You yeah. know, sometimes right. the place you want to be in at doesn't have, for whatever reason at the time or just organizationally, they don't have a lot of stage time available for people that are in classes or coming up. Right. And that I know that was true of me when right. I got out of the class at Dad's. I wanted to perform there all the time, but it just wasn't available to me. I, yeah. I wasn't quite there yet, okay. and there's a lot of people that want stage time. So one thing I did then, but I always tell folks now, is go all over town. Mm-hmm. See shows right. wherever you can get stage time. Get stage time because especially once you come out of the classes, at a certain point, performing in front of an audience is going to be your best teacher. To get up and fail and screw up. And uh, see what you do that works and what you do that doesn't, and to experiment and right. grow in front of an audience is very important uh, yeah. to your own development. So, um, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of people that um, kind of stagnate or lose um, lose interest because they can't quite get on stage at the place they really want to, right. and so they're like, "Well, it's just not going to happen," and they walk away. Yeah. Versus you know, hustle and find where yeah. you can get on stage and just get in front of an audience as best you can. Cause mm-hmm. that's going to help you. And certainly there've been a lot of examples here. People that came out of classes really wanted to be involved here. There just wasn't a space for them at that time. They went away and did their own thing for years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then they come back and after those years of growth, now it's easier for them to kind of get on stage here. Oh right. yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome advice actually. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough here because, because dad's has such a, um, experienced and cohesive ensemble of people that have been performing both, you know, just on their own or together for 15 to 20 years. It's yeah. hard for anybody to come out of a class, right. Uh, right. like a year of classes and immediately like be able to step on stage with that yeah, kind definitely. of, yeah. that kind of experience. It makes it tough. I always, I joke that like, I could never get in here now. There'd be no way. I'd <laughs> never get in here now. Not like what I was when I got here, but like, you know, <laughs> then it was, everybody was, you know, four years in, right. you know, instead yeah, of true. 20. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so random question time. We all get one random question for you. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Um, what are your top five video games of all time? Oh, geez. Okay. All right. Number one, Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Yes. Xbox, Bioware. <laughs> nice. First one. That that blew me away. Okay. Uh, second, hmm, I, I'm just going to have to go with just total hours played. By far, this is the thing I've played the most in my yeah. entire life is uh, Lord of the Rings Online. <laughs> Nice. So it's like it's like World of Warcraft, but right. set in the Tolkien universe. Okay. So I play entirely too much of that. <laughs> still do? Yeah, okay. still do, still do. Uh, Team Fortress 2, I loved that. I played a lot of that. Um, let's see. Um, I'll go old school on this one and say original Tecmo Bowl for the NES. <laughs> nice. That was, I loved that. Okay. Uh, what am I at now, three? Uh, I think that was four. four. Yeah, four. so one more to go. Okay, one more to go. Jeez. Hmm. Uh, Let's see. What's one last thing? Um, okay, I played a a, uh, a lot of MechWarrior three. MechWarrior, a long yeah. time ago. Okay, cool. So <laughs> definitely not a comprehensive list by any means, but no. those are the <laughs> ones that come yeah, to mind. Yeah, there's this variety there. It's no good. problem. Oh wait, I you know what? I gotta I gotta throw in a, just I gotta throw in an honorable mention to years ago, little kid. Well, not so little, but uh, like a young kid and. Uh, Playing Leisure Suit Larry oh, wow. and trying to uh, yeah. trying to get the dirty stuff to happen. Yeah, you know? yeah okay. No, oh, dude, he can have sex if he had sex with a prostitute. No, I didn't know how. To. Yeah, just like awesome. just trying to figure out with friends. You got to find the condom and then you got to go do the yeah. So like, favorite movie that didn't win an Oscar 
but should have. Oh, Christ. I'm, I, I'm real bad about movies. Um, I don't see a ton of them, I, and I only see very specific things. Uh, so favorite movie that should have won an Oscar but didn't? Right. See, I'm going to be so ignorant. I don't know what did or didn't. <laughs> we'll just say didn't win Best Picture. Or maybe just underappreciated. Yeah. Underappreciated. Oh, there we go, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share my favorite movie. My favorite movie of all time is okay. Empire Strikes Back. Sweet. Um, <laughs> and that's, most people say that's my favorite Star Wars movie, but I'll say that's my favorite movie. Uh, a, an underappreciated movie that I think people should check out is Shakes the Clown from Bobcat Goldthwait. That came out in uh, like early 90s. Okay, I've never seen and that it's one. about an, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait plays uh, an alcoholic clown. Okay. And the, the, the movie is full of stand ups, early stand ups and comedians. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and it's a mess, but it's pretty funny. And nice. one a, a little fun fact about it is when it came out, clowns actually picketed the theaters <laughs> because they felt like it. Uh, portrayed them in an unfavorable light. <laughs> like everything now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- another fun fact on that, Tom Kenny, who is the voice of SpongeBob, mm-hmm. plays the main villain in that, and Perfect. he is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What superpower would you choose to have? Oh, geez. Um, hmm, that is tough. Superpower. You know, I think um, telekinesis is a good one, yeah, you know? definitely. To be able to move stuff with your mind. That'd be awesome. That's yeah, pretty right. good. Heck yeah. Uh, that, that that seems to to work in a lot of different areas. Yeah. Though I, you know, I do love the I do love the Nightcrawler style teleportation. Right. right. With yeah. just like a bamf and that's like all. brimstone and. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. You're there, yeah. yeah. But I'll, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the telekinesis kind of thing. Okay. That's just, a good I, can, I can agree with that. Yeah. Because 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 like it's not it's, you can be subtle with it, right? Somebody right. someone is being a dick somewhere, and you can just like make a coffee cup fly over and hit him in the head, and like you didn't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. like, you know, it serves that guy right. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You can just like, yeah, you can just walk around and like give people comeuppances when they people. deserve it. Yeah. yeah. Only if they deserve it. Only if they deserve it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to turn into a... Just people going down the road, yeah. smacking people as they're driving. What? Yeah. I'd probably go mad with power and eventually <laughs> turn he'll, into a villain. He'll become Dr. Yeah. Doom after a while. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, I lost it. I started out with good intentions. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I mean, then, they all I mean, do, right? And then they yeah. go crazy. He does so. like it best when things go wrong. Yeah, so. sure. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just use it to derail improv scenes, right? So <laughs> right. Just yeah. do it. <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for talking. Oh, thank you guys. Yeah. I had a great time. Amazing. Yeah. Thank so you, Matt Horgan, everyone. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. So thank, much. You. <laughs> thank you. Whoa! Hey, TMI, Matt. Yeah. I can't believe you did that and said that. Those people trusted you. <laughs> they were asking you questions, and you just were a mess. That'll teach you to go on a bender right before an interview. Oh, Oregon. All right. So uh, we are coming up to our last segment of the show, you guys. Yeah. yeah. It's been, we've had a lot of good times together. It's been a really great time on this show. It has, it has been great, Tom. Thank you very <laughs> much for that. Stole that from another podcast. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, here we go into, guys, yeah. guys, what's up? Do you ever feel like your personal relationships with other people could use a little work? Oh, yeah. never. A little fine tuning. You know, sometimes like you're just, you're the bad guy and you don't understand why. Nope. Well, you, this like, is a segment for you. Yeah. Uh, we have <laughs> the fine ladies from Who's Your Daddy here to give a little relationship advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got uh, Jenny Curtis. Wentling and Hannah Asleyson. Yep. Courtesy of, of uh, Debbie and Travis. So uh, buckle up. And get ready for some young teenage intensity. <laughs> yeah. And his mom. 
who's just like really just really sweet. Yep. Yep. All right. Here's who's your daddy. Welcome back to Advice with Deb and Trav, giving you all that you ever could wish to know. Travis, that was wonderful. Did you just come with that? Come up with that on the spot? Yeah, that's a little something I like to call improvised singing. Wow, I've never heard of such a thing. That is a hoot. So you just kind of thought in your head, I'm going to make a little jingle for this thing I'm doing, and it just came out of your mouth? Yeah, I'll workshop it a bit, but uh, yeah. It's just kind of like a natural talent I've always had. Yeah, I well, I've always known you were great with music. Your beats. Yeah, my beats are sick. Yeah, that was just... Ugh. I'm sitting over here like, is that my son? Come on, Mom. I mean it, buddy. Come on, Mom. I mean it. I'm just looking at you saying like, oh, did I just see that? Oh, come on. I, I, sorry, I won't, sorry, I like to gush over my uh, golden boy podcast. I do. You caught me in a moment. Guilty. I'm a mom. All right. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Well, I'm a great singer, but that's not what we're here for. Nope. We're here to give advice to the people. And the people have questions for us. So let's get to them. Sure. Sure. I'll read the first one right off the bat. It's by Mr. City Slicker, the original. Wow. All right. He said to me, I am part of a growing family now that my wife and I are trying to get a baby. Trying to get a baby? Uh, He said trying to have one, but I'm just going to recommend right now that maybe adopt. There's a lot of kids right now without homes. I'm just adjusting what he said because I think they should adopt. All right. He said they're trying to have a baby, and uh, he's looking into a new vehicle, and he said... Should I get the minivan that my wife wants that will uh, help our growing family? Or should I get the Miata that I always dreamed of? Wow, that's a decision. Well, Padcast and Travis, I think you already know my answer. The minivan. Uh, Family first. What kind of, is this even a question? Come on, Mom. Let the man spread his wings. Go out there and drive fast with the roof down. Travis, this is this is a no-brainer for me. You made a commitment. You got a family. You're trying to support them. And you you make steps. You make a commitment and sometimes give the man a break. He's already got to deal with a woman every day. Okay, Travis. Absolutely not. <laughs> Women are empowering and beautiful. Yeah, sure, they're good for a bit. That is not how I'm raising you to treat women. Come on, sometimes you gotta hit the road with the the wind in your hair and just, like, be a man. That's fine, Travis, but then again, I'm also thinking, don't get married and start about having kids. If you want to be a single a single guy mingling the streets, then, you know, don't settle down. I'm sorry, this, what's his name? Cookie Cutter? The original? City Slicker. Um, you gotta get the van. That's the... Well, we're completely torn on this, and I don't think either of us are gonna budge. Yeah, absolutely not. I'm just saying. You see me driving a, a Miata? No, nope. I drive an Oldsmobile because I am committed to my family. How the heck does that help your family? It's spacious and it's safe. Oh, it's, and it's got a great uh, uh, back seat for all the groceries I got to buy. It's got a great back seat for getting No, I knew it, Travis. I knew you were going to do that. I cut you off. I'm just saying, can't wait till I can borrow that thing, spread out a Yeah, yeah, we're moving on. Next question. Into the back seat. Next mm. question. You're never going to drive it. All right. Um, 
This one comes from, oh, Timid Tim. It already sounds sad. Username Timid Tim. I'm being bullied at school. What do I do? Oh, my God. What a freaking loser. Travis. Who the heck gets bullied? People who have feelings. Nerds. No. Chumps. Losers. Are you? Hold on, Travis. You better for the love of God if I find out that you bully people at school. What? You will see the hand of God. I don't bully anyone who doesn't deserve it. Oh, that is. I don't bully anyone is what you should focus on in that statement. Who doesn't deserve it is what I heard. Well, don't listen to that part. Travis, are you emotionally scarred that you feel the need you got to take it out on other people? That's all a bully is. A bully is just a sad human with a sad heart who's been hurt in their life. I'm in not some hurt. Way, and they I'm feel the need cool. to. Then why are you taking it out in a mean way on other people? I give I you a great life. I, it's just like, ooh, how embarrassing for you that you wore that. Like, let's all pay attention to it. That's what, how my brain works. Like, oh, that's embarrassing. Let's make sure everyone noticed. Why don't you flip that script and say, oh, that's a different choice. Let's celebrate it. Oh, you sound like you sound like a real mom right now. I am a mom. Well, it are we, shows. Is this one of those things that we're going to be torn on? I sure hope not. I'd love if. No, I don't think you should bully kids who don't deserve it. Oh, God, I have failed. I don't think you should bully a kid who, like, actually can't control his situation. Okay, well. Like, if he pieces the bed at night, I don't care. But, like, did you really wear that t-shirt today? Like, who did your hair? A blind man? Like, those things you can control. And those things I think you should feel shame for. Wow, Travis. What have I done I am rethinking everything I've ever taught. You know what? I blame your father, Carl. This okay. is what this is Carl coming out, isn't it? The whole tough guy, you know, mantra. The mantra is boys will be boys. No, the mantra is boys will be boys, but they can also have a tender heart like a like a like a uh, You know what? You know what I think of when I think of you a hard-boiled egg. It's tough on the outside, but you peel it away. Eventually, there's going to be something slippery and gooey and a little soft and a little vulnerable on the inside. Yeah, and my farts smell like sulfur. All right, I'm moving on from this. I am so – Travis, if I ever catch you bullying someone, look at me. What? You know. You know. Okay, Tiny Tim, just you keep doing you. You'll be successful one day. And you'll look back on these guys and say, I showed you. All right. Whatever. I bet. I bet you're a cool guy, Tim. But at the same time, try and be a little cooler. Oh, boy. Next question. Next question comes from Mr. Miyazaki82Z. Wow. He says he just started balding and he's pretty embarrassed about it. Should I put on a toupee, a hat? What do you recommend? This is a great question. Because it's, you know, if you get the wrong toupee, everyone's going to know. Everyone's going to know regardless is what I'm saying. Shave it bald and act like it was an intentional move. Oh, actually, that's a great idea, Travi. It's kind of like step up, step into your new shoes. Just own it. Just own it. That way no one can bully you about it. Because if I see a bald man on the street, I'm like, he chose to be that way. 
I'm going to bully him for it. What? I'm just saying if you don't choose to shave the rest of your head, then you are choosing to have a bald spot. And in that situation, you deserve to be made fun of. Are you telling me you bully grown men, Travis? Fuck yeah. Travis! I am so sorry, Padcast. We have a rule in this house that whenever Travis swears, he has to put a quarter in the swear jar. And I'll put one in right now. Okay. Oh, Mr. Tough Guy going to go, okay, and throw it in there. That is inappropriate. And what are you doing razzle-dazzling with adults? I don't like that. Hey, when you see a balding guy walking down the street, how how do you not call him Mr. Clean? That is insensitive. And you want? I'm going to drop a bomb on you. Your father's got thinning hair. And you know what that means? It goes right down the grapevine. Oh, God. So maybe you could practice a little karma? I'll just shave my head now. Oh. Ugh. You gotta your your head's not your best feature, honey. What? Everything's my freaking best feature. You're right. All right, shave it. The head of my dick is. My oh, best okay. Feature. You know what? That's it. Whenever this podcast starts to get a little too vulgar, I'm I'm turning it off. I'm turning it off, Travis. Whatever. You can't be trusted. All right. Fine. It's fine. I don't. Go, go to your room. We're gonna have a chat. Oh God. All right, Pat. I guess we'll see you. I'll see you soon enough. Bye. I'm coming up there. Oh. Wow, guys. <laughs> What's up, Christopher Walken? <laughs> We've had a lot of fun. <laughs> Oh, man. Guys, I can't believe it's almost over. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, it is over. over. You remember back during the Dusty Adventures when oh, we were yeah. talking about that before it? Oh, that sick segue I made? Oh, I miss those times. Mm-hmm. I, we were so young. Well, the good news is we're going to have more of those times on upcoming episodes of this podcast. So this podcast many. will never end. It's going to outlive all of us. <laughs> we will be making this podcast while the sun is exploding. The slow heat death of the universe. <laughs> Nothing compared to Dad's Garage Cast. <laughs> we're never going anywhere. Well, I haven't eaten all day, so I'm getting out of here. Yeah, you know what? Let's go. Let's go get some uh, brisket. Let's nosh. All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in this day, whatever day it was. <laughs> and uh, it's a and podcast. You can listen whatever day you want. Come see a show at Dad sometime, or check out our content elsewhere around the internet. We yeah, got some go great to- stuff. Uh, we've got stuff on dadsgarage.com to, for you to come see shows. The three of us have a podcast called You're Welcome Hollywood. You should totally check that one out. It's good stuff. We improvise a screenplay every episode, every week. Um, and Who's Your Daddy has its own podcast very, very much so. That's a, kind of like a, a longer version of the bite you just heard. Yep. So go quietly into the night and think of Dad's Garage, and we'll see you next time on Dad's Garage Cast. I'm Tom. I'm Ed. I'm Ruben. This is weird. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.